0: Normally, if I don't know what to say, I'll just ask questions. So, um, so let's kind of go through it. So let's open up your Bibles on Luke 15:11:32. Luke 15:11:32. And I will read it. so if you can just kind of listen and read along with me as I read it, that'll be great. 15 to 32. All right. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed, to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating, but no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found so they began to celebrate meanwhile the older son was in the field when he came near to the house he heard music and dancing so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on your brother has come he replied and your father has killed the fat calf because he has him back safe and sound the older brother came, became angry and refused to go in so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you killed the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. So we had to celebrate and be glad Because this brother of yours was dead And is alive again He was lost and is found So just to catch everyone on the story That's pretty much what we're going to talk about today And this I got some pictures Because I know a lot of you are visual people So I took some pictures And the pictures are kind of cheesy I'll be honest right? But this is the best that I can find But this is the family You got father, you got older son and younger son so just to put it in context, because a lot of times when we read the Bible, we don't understand the context. And it's really not our fault that we don't understand the context, because this happened 2,000 years ago, right? So the practices then are not the practices that we have now, okay? So we're going to talk about what that truly really means, because when Jesus gives you a parable, he's not there to entertain you, Right? He's not looking for someone to criticize a story or to give him five stars on the review or one star. He's trying to make an impact. That's his goal. And for him to make an impact, we need to understand the context of when this was happening, again, 2,000 years ago. So prior to this chapter that we read, we have Luke 14, and Jesus was hanging out with sinners and tax collectors. The Pharisees, who are the religious elite of the time, saw him and did not like it. They're basically saying, why is this guy hanging out with sinners and tax collectors? And we all know that tax collectors at that time worked for Rome. They're Jewish people, but they pledge allegiance to Rome, and that's who are collecting the taxes to give back to Rome. So let me kind of have a rhetorical question here. I mean, who here likes the IRS, (laughs) right? So when you get your paycheck, I mean, everyone gets a paycheck, right? Except for the kids. Well, when you get a paycheck, David, you'll get a paycheck soon. You're going to see that, okay, the agreed salary that you had was X amount of dollars. It's cut in almost half, right? But so no one really likes tax collectors. So they don't like Jesus hanging out with them. So they're questioning Jesus' action. And um, Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, he heard them. And then he knows what's in his heart, in in their hearts. So Jesus responded with three parables. The first parable is the lost sheep, lost coin, and then the lost son. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is trying to make an impact to the Pharisees that I am after the lost. He's going after the lost. Again, i said it multiple times, it's the shepherd that looks for the sheep. The sheep never looks for the shepherd. The sheep doesn't even know he's lost, but the shepherd does, right? So he's after the lost people. So again, putting it in context again, there's, two, there's three characters in the story. There's a the father, and the father is an honorable man. He's a nobleman, he's respected, he's rich, right? People look up to him, and he's very loving. That's the father. And then we have two sons. The older, who's the obedient son. And he's the good son. And then we have the younger, who's the rebellious guy, which is the bad son. So far so good? All right. So let's go into the text. Luke fifteen, eleven, twelve. 12. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. So I'm going to pause right here. Why two sons? Because typically, Jesus wants to bring us to a point. Again, he's not here to entertain us. So he wants us to relate to either the younger son or the older son. So as we go through the story, start thinking about that. Just try to position yourself, see if you're on the younger side or the older side. Because at the end of the day, um, that's the whole point of why Jesus is telling this parable. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property. Okay, so when do you normally get your inheritance? When the father dies. When, 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 when the father's dead, right? But the father's not dead yet. So basically, what the son is saying is, I wish you were dead. So I can get my money, I can get my property, and go ahead and do what I need to do. Okay? So, right off the bat, the Pharisees who are listening. The Pharisees who are listening basically said that this young guy is completely out of his mind. His father is not even dead yet and he wants his inheritance. Completely unacceptable. But what is equally unacceptable is the father's reaction. Because what did the father do? The father divided his property. He didn't even put up a fight. So if Carson went up to me... Right now, and said, Dad, I want my inheritance. <laughs> oh, I mean, right? Because basically, he's saying that he wants me to be dead. But the father normally would, would react to this very shameless uh, request. But he was also being shameful because he just, here you go. Not even a fight, right? So in the Philippines, what do we call people who are shameless? Kapal mukha, kapal moks, right? Which is thick-skinned. Um, so the younger son is kapal moks, right? Kapal mux. Very shameless. Okay. But keep in mind that again, Jesus is trying to engage the Pharisees. So by now, the Pharisees are like, "This is a crazy story," because. It's unacceptable for the son to wish for his father's dead. And it's unacceptable for the father to just give everything, a third. Normally, the younger guy gets a third, the older guy gets two thirds. Okay, so the father didn't even put up a fight. So let's move to the next, um, next verses. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. So... What's the typical inheritance at that time, if you're a farmer, or even now, what's the typical inheritance that you get? Cash, get some money, right, the bank account. Uh, you would get some property, right, like land. You may also get some goats, cows, pigs, or no pigs. We're in Jerusalem, so there are no pigs, by the way. Uh, so cows, goats, sheep, that's the normal inheritance that you would get. But if you want to go to Vegas, If you want to party right now, you don't bring cows and goats, right? What do you bring? Cash, okay? So it says here, not many days later, the younger son gathered all. He didn't gather some. He gathered everything he had. And if you have a lot of stuff that you want to get rid of, what do you normally do? sell right and you sell them cheaply right so now the father is looking at his son and I work my entire life for this and this guy the younger guy is just selling it so cheaply you know why because he don't care the young guy have absolutely don't care about the father so he needs cash because cash is portable and why far country doesn't want to be next to his father. Because he could have moved next door. Right? He could have moved next city. He could have moved next state. But he wants to be as far away from the father. Because let me ask this question, and you don't have to answer it. When did you do the craziest things in your life? Oh, really? I did it when I was away from my parents. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want my parents to catch me. I don't want them to see me. So I would do it Away, So that no one can see and no one can know. And that's what the younger guy wanted to do. And then he squandered his property in reckless living. So he wasted it. Again, why he wasted it? He doesn't care. He didn't really work hard for it. It's his father that worked hard for it. So to him, it's irrelevant. Okay, and now let's go to the next verses. And when he had spent everything, everything, he has zero now. A severe famine across arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pig ate, and no one gave him anything. Okay. So this is proof that the son, the Jewish boy, the rich Jewish boy, is no longer in Israel. Right? Because there are pigs. So he's in Gentile land. So the Pharisees are hearing this story and they're like, this is really, really crazy. Now this young Jewish boy is serving Gentiles? Jewish people are the chosen people of God. Why do I serve Gentiles? And not only that, why am I feeding pigs? They're considered unclean. So again, just keep in mind the the audience of Jesus, right? He wants to get these Pharisees engaged. All right, here's the turnaround. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hard servants have more than enough? Right. So the younger son is beginning to remember his father. And the fact that his father was giving more than enough tells us that he's a very generous man. He doesn't give just the right. He doesn't give minimum wage. So if minimum wage is $9, this guy gave 15 He's very generous. Right? He didn't have to, but that's the kind of guy he is. So he's about to die of hunger because he has no food. So typical for a sinner, they come up with a plan. Right? Here's the plan. The plan of the younger guys He, he came up with. He said, Here, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hard servants. So again, now he doesn't even want to be a son anymore. He just wants to survive because he's about to die. So he's willing to be a servant because a servant in his father's household are very well taken care of. Okay, But he came up with a plan. So... Luke 15, 20. And he arose and came to his father. So I'm going to pause right there. This guy came up. He woke up. He left the pigsty. The question that, and this is not the point of the story, but this is a good tangent to talk about, is as Christians, have we left the pigsty? or do we like hanging out with the pigs? That's, re- that's a real question for us, right? Because some of, some of us, I mean, we're all guilty of it. I'm a Christian, and I like doing the old stuff, right? I can't get that pig smell out of me. I, I have that fascination with pigs that I can't get rid of. But this guy's different. He rose up, right, and came to see his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. So what does this tell us about uh, the father again? So while he was still far away, so maybe when the prodigal, when the younger son was walking, he has a certain walk, he has a certain um, mannerism, and the father saw him immediately. And what did the father feel when he saw him? Compassion, right? But I want you to know that the father has been longing for the son because he's been probably walking back and forth, trying to wait for this day, and finally, there's some hope. He saw the sun. So he's been looking. So just like our Heavenly Father, he's always been looking for us, right? But sometimes we still wanna hang out on the pigsty. But keep in mind, he always is looking for us. This church is full of people that Jesus found. Left the pigsty. Loving father notices while he was still far away. So that tells you something about that loving father. Okay, so here is when it goes completely crazy, okay, to the Pharisees. He ran to his son, okay? Just from, again, remember we talked about context 2,000 years ago? Mm -hmm. Noblemen, honorable men, they don't run in the Middle Eastern culture. I mean, if you worked in the Middle East, have you ever seen the king of Saudi Arabia? Will he ever run? He, don't run. he doesn't run, you, you come to him. And he doesn't come to you. That's the culture of that time. And not only that, they're wearing very long robes. The Greek translation of run is sprint. The guy was sprinting. And it's hard to sprint when you have a long robe. Have you guys tried that? Right, it's, it's, it's gonna not look good. So the fact that he ran, he sprinted, um, is an indication that this father is going completely out of the norm here. Okay? So the question is, why did he run? Right? So remember um, when the son was walking back to the father. So let's just say this is a village in, in Jerusalem, in Israel. Right. The nobleman typically lives on the top. Right? And then all his workers are below him. So that's where the village is. So he probably saw him from, a, from the top, which also implies that it's daylight. It's not nighttime, because you can't see a person far away if it's nighttime, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that it's daylight, he saw this guy. And during daylight, the village people are out and about. They're doing, they're selling, they're working, but so they're all around walking, right? So the father ran because he wants to shield the sun. Because what would happen if the prodigal comes back, walks through the village, all the way to the father's house? The people around him are going to mock him. They're going to say, oh, that's the guy. That's the guy who disrespected the father. Yeah, He needs to be shamed. He needs to be punished. He should wait on the gate so he can be ridiculed and be abused and be judged by the people around him. But the father didn't do that. He ran. Right? He wants to shield the son. right? The fact that he came out is already an act of grace. right? If someone disrespected you and they came back to you with their tails behind your legs, I mean, personally, I would let him wait. Right? First of all, you smell like a pig. Take a bath. Or you know what? I'm so hurt by what you did, you stay there for a week. And I want you to kiss my feet. I want you to work hard for it. That's the normal response. So the fact that the father is running is completely out of the norm. So this is where the Pharisees' jaw drops, right? Um... So here, here, here comes the plan, right? So the son is, okay, this is my plan when I was coming back. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. So they began to celebrate. Okay, so one thing I want you to notice here is when the son started his speech, he didn't even finish his speech. Because his entire speech should say at the end, I am willing to be a servant. But the father interrupted him. The father didn't even let him finish his speech. You know why? because forgiveness is immediate. He doesn't need to work for it. You don't have to take a bath. You don't have to hang out in the gate. You don't have to to work for it, right? And a typical response that we get is, again, make him outside, work in the farm for like six months and then talk to me, right? In contemporary time, today's time, like if Carson makes a mistake or my kids make a mistake, no phone, no 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 iPhone, no videos, right? No, no, they don't watch TV. But no computer. That's a typical punishment. Um, in the church, they would typically say, "Okay, you gotta start praying. I want you to pray ten Apostles' Creed, ten Our Fathers, and I want it, I want you to do it every morning, every night, and I want you to do it for a month. Or they may say, you know what? I want you to visit twelve churches." And I want you to climb up to the altar while kneeling down. Right? That's a typical church response, right? Punishment is do something, right? But the Father here is different, right? And that's why the story is completely out of the norm. God's response is quickly, immediately. Not now, not later, not two minutes from now, not tonight, now. Bring him the best robe. Not, not, not the normal robe, the best robe. Okay? Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. So robe is typically associated with honor. Right? So if you're an honorable man at the time, you wear a nice robe. Right? You wear that because that brings honor. And then ring is for power. right? So when they want to authenticate a letter, like they put wax and then they dump the ring on it to seal the letter, authenticate it. And then sandals are for rulers. Slaves don't have shoes. Again, context, right? At that time, slaves and hard servants are barefoot. So sandals are for rulers. So immediately, God bestowed everything. The Father bestowed everything to this guy. So the Pharisees are completely losing it at this point. Right? Forgiveness is immediate. No other conditions to satisfy. All right. So crazy story, right? Um Let's go through Luke 11, 27 Now his older son was in the field. As he came and drew near to the house, he heard music, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the pan-calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. So typically, the older son is responsible for all the festivities. And I want you to also pay attention that they've already parted the property, right? One third goes to the younger, two thirds goes to the older. So the fattened calf is not the younger guys; it's the older guy's property. So why is the father tapping on the resources of the old father, uh, of the older, of the younger, of the older brother? Right. So he's not happy at this point, right? And the Jewish people, the Pharisees—I'll admit, me too—I was angry too. I'm like, this is a crazy story. First of all, that younger son needs to be punished. So I'm, I'm very much like, I'll be completely honest, transparent, I'm very much like the older brother. So here, Luke eleven twenty-eight to 30. But he was angry. He was furious, really. And refused to go in. But his father came out and dealt with him. Again, another sign of grace. The father didn't have to come out, like you come to me. But the father came out again, despite the fact that the older brother was furious. Okay. Because it's completely not fair. And what did how did the older son reply? Look. Okay. If I can speak like Darth Vader, I'll say look. Right? Um, he didn't even call him father the younger son, he said, Father, give me my property. But the older guy said, Look. No respect at all. Right? These many years, I have served you. I have never disobeyed your command. He's very selfish. He should be happy that the younger son is back alive. But he obviously isn't. So... I never disobeyed your command. Wow, that's definitely self-righteous. Right? I've never sinned. That's what he means. I am sinless. Right? You never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends, but when his, this son, not even brother, he calls him this son of yours. Again, he's completely furious. Right? This son of yours come came who has devoured your property with prostitutes so now we know what he did in the Gentile country you killed a fat calf for him okay so completely upset and that's how we are that's how I was I was completely upset that the younger son was getting a lot of good treatment and I was the one who was respectful So this is when Jesus was truly turning around the story. Again, the audience is the Pharisees. The Pharisees are very religious. So Jesus basically said, this is you guys now. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. Right? This basically tells us that the son, the older son, was physically close to the father. He was in the household. Physically close. But his heart is so far away from him. How do we know that? Remember when the younger brother was asking for inheritance? If the older brother truly cared about the father's honor, he would say, hey, don't disrespect our father like that. He didn't even care. He just let that happen, He let that slide through because he, he doesn't have a relationship with the father either, okay? This is kind of interesting, I'm gonna share this. It's not um, so. I was practicing this. Um, <laughs> so you guys know me. I always take a moment to share the gospel,
1: right?
0: So I have a friend that's at work. Uh, I shared the gospel to him four or five years ago. He completely did not respond. So I he's, he's working with me again, and I said, hey, I'm gonna preach this Sunday,
1: and I know you're
0: so honest, and he is, right? He's a very nice guy, and I mean, your input is always valuable to me. Can I can I do this story to you? Right, just for me to practice. Little does he know that I'm sharing the gospel to him, right? Um, so when I was done, I said, what do you think? He said, okay, that's good, blah, blah, blah. But uh, he said, you got to point out the word son there. The father didn't call the older brother knucklehead. He didn't call him dum dumb. He called him son. So the father still respected the older son, even though the older son completely disrespected him. So that's from a non-Christian. It's pretty cool, huh? (laughs) Okay. So who in the church are physically close but their heart is so far away? Pharisees. You know, the Pharisees are very religious. They pray. You know, they know scripture more than us. They memorize scripture. They tithe. We barely tithe, right? So they're super, super religious but, again, they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They don't have a good relationship. They may have a relationship, but not a good one. And that's the older brother. So now, let's, let's finish up the story. Because, I mean, at this point, Luke 31-32, I mean, what happened? Right? Is anyone curious on what happened to this family? Yeah. Okay? Curious? Curious? So... Take out your Bibles. This is when participation comes out. Okay. I want you to open your Bibles to Luke 11,
1: 1533.
0: After practicing this multiple times, I still mess it up. But 1533, 1533. Look it up, look it up.
1: There's
0: no 33?
1: <laughs> Seriously? 32. There's
0: no, 11, 32. Oh, okay. So, okay, now that I got your attention, <laughs> so give me some license, because the story is not complete. What happened to the father? What happened to the older brother? Right? So there are two possible options. Give me some license. Again, this is not in the Bible, but give me some license. The first option is the older brother came to a realization of his sin, repented, reconciled with the younger brother and the father, and the whole family rejoiced happily ever after. I like that ending. You guys like that ending? I love that ending. Because we always want a good ending. right? Who wants to watch a movie that doesn't end well? So, okay, a couple guys guys there. <laughs> right? I don't like watching movies that don't end well. I always love happy endings, right? But this is a happy ending. Okay, that's one option. Option number two. Older brother came back with a wooden beam and pummeled his father to death for his unfairness. That's another option, right? There's only two options. And the story is completely not finished. So how do we finish the story? So what truly happened in that story? So let's go to the ending, and this is what happened. That's what the Pharisees did. Three months later, they put him to a cross. Nailed him, because they don't like him. They don't like his association. They don't like the prodigal son story, because it's kind of crazy but that's what they did. That's what we did. So, application. So what are you going to do? So, um, remember I started, which brother are you? I'm the older, right? But I'm not completely on the old side. I'm kinda leaning towards the old. Or are you the younger guy, right? Are you the younger brother who left the pigsty? Are you the younger brother who wants to hang out with the pig still? Are you the older brother who appears to love his father? You're doing religious things, right? Or are you the older brother um, who asked for repentance? I mean, where, where do you stand at this point? It doesn't really matter, right? Because whether you fall on the right or the left, Or in between. The point of the story is God loves you. He ran for you. He came out. He came down. So the Father will do anything to get to you. Again, this is Father's Day, right? So it's about the Father's love. So let's never forget that. And really, that's it. I got a video here. um, But it looks like I heard then practice it a while ago so um, let's close in prayer um, Heavenly Father Lord we thank you for your word we thank you for your love we thank you for giving us amazing stories Lord but Lord these stories are not meant to entertain us The story is not meant to amuse us but these stories are meant for us to identify to whether we're on your side or on the other side but regardless of where we stand Lord Thank you for coming down. Thank you for being gracious. Thank you for forgiving our sins, Lord. Um, We may think that we didn't sin as bad as the younger son. We may not think that we are as self-righteous as the older brother, Lord. But we know that we will never be perfect. We will never be sinless because you are holy. So we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to to respond to you Lord thank you for going to us Lord and if there's anyone here Lord who has not received you as your Lord and Savior and who has not left the side but wants to and who wants to come back and reconcile with you and wants a happy ending Lord may you change their heart may you um may you pour out your spirit on them and may you May you you start your miraculous work in their lives. Thank you for everything, Lord. We love you. Let this message um, go deep in everyone's heart because we can only bring it to their ears, Lord, but the result of your word is up to you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.